It really is very good to see you, by the way. That's why I pray. I, 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 I look at each one of you and I, and I think I'm so pleased that you're here. I am so delighted that you're here. I'm trying to catch as many eyeballs as I can on the way around. Yeah, even the, even, even the ones that I don't know so well or haven't met yet. I'm really pleased that you're here. And um, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Mark. Um, Meg and I uh, lead together. And um, you've got me for a few weeks um, just thinking about Christmas. So, so should we pray? That's a good plan. Um, uh, Father God, come and take these words and help us. Help us today to know your joy and your life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Good catch. Um, shout out the thing for you that means that Christmas has started. Christmas tree, Christmas, Christmas clothes, Boxing Day. <laughs> no idea what he's talking about. Lights, sparkles, hard work, elf, elf, happy days. For me, one of the things that means Christmas has started is my sister, older sister that is, uh, she won't mind me saying this, getting me organized. Uh, she can do it remotely even if I'm not seeing her over Christmas, it's amazing. So about um, a week or so ago, I got a WhatsApp from her. I'm going to read you the WhatsApp. Are you ready? This is Beck. Still the same. Here we go. This is Beck on the Sibs WhatsApp. This is my, my, my siblings. Uh, hi, lovelies. How are you all? Good that she was asking. Um, as per the date further up the thread, <laughs> who ever thought that organizing anything on WhatsApp was ever a good idea? It is terrible. Sorry. No wonder the government. Anyway, no, we're not going there. <clears throat> Further up the thread, yes, Rosie and I are going to do the Christmas market on Friday morning. Might either of you boys, clearly they've already talked to each other, might either of you boys be able to join us? I'll get directs to Thursday evening about 7 or 7.30, actually it would be exactly 7.30 because it's Rebecca, and plan to go through some boxes, sorting out Dad's house and Mum's house. Let me tell you my response. No, not, I didn't send this to her. I, I actually had to phone her up. I descended to somewhere terrible. Why? Why? Because, you see, the problem is, is that, for me, I can now sum up life by Christmas markets. So I'm sorry, we're going to start in a low place and hopefully we'll go somewhere slightly more cheery by the time we get to the end. We will get there, don't worry. You see, in 2018, in the September, Dad had had a cancer diagnosis and the, the percentages were really not good. But he got as far as Christmas and he came to the Bath Christmas market. So here's mum and dad sitting in the Bath Christmas market debt chair, 
so they can put themselves on Insta or whatever it is. 2019, Dad has defeated all of the odds and is fine and well, and even his hair is starting to grow back, and him and Mum come to the Christmas market, photographed in front of the tree in front of the Abbey. 2020, no Christmas market, pandemic, miserable, no photos. 2021, Mum, at this point, we didn't know, but Mama's got two weeks to live. And my sister arranges a taxi and a wheelchair. She has very advanced cancer, and they fill her up with morphine and wheel around on the cobbles around Exeter Market, and she spends an absolute fortune. She has a wad of cash that she had stashed in a drawer that she appears, it's no one, and she's like, we're going to spend a lot. <laughs> and apparently they did. They had a good time. 2022. I'm sorry, so I can see some of you are getting the tissues out. 2022. We take just dad around the Christmas market in Exeter and raise a glass to mum. So you can see that I wasn't very keen about going around the Christmas market in 2023 because it meant mean that we would have to raise a glass to mum in 2023, here's the last one, without mum and without dad. But we did it and Beck I tell you this, she was so organized that she made sure that we covered every single stall and commented on all the ones that mum would have loved. Um, and I managed to get away with only buying wood, uh, only buying fudge, and not some kind of wooden chair or something on another duck that mum would have come away with. Um, yet despite all of this, I keep on saying to Meg, wow, isn't life great? Isn't life good? What an amazing place we have come to. In spite of all of that, not ignoring it, knowing that all of that is, is there, but actually, I am filled with great joy. Now, what I don't mean is I don't mean that I'm ecstatically happy and muted in the unchanging, saving work of Jesus Christ and is all about relationship with him and his presence. So because of that, I'm full of joy. Um, a little reminder of the stats. Um, joy is mentioned uh, 247 times in the Bible, uh, in 237 verses. Uh, rejoice is mentioned 192 times in 177 verses. Uh, I googled it just to check, and um, Google uh, brings up search results for joy. There's approximately... 2.7 billion of them. That's good to know, isn't it? And for rejoice, uh, 217 million rejoicings, a bit less popular than joy. So I googled happy. Happy 
gets 30. These are updated figures, by the way. It's increased since uh, October last, uh, 2022. Happy, in terms of Google, gets 13.7 billion results. Much more popular than Joy and Rejoice. In the Bible, though, Happy only gets 29 mentions in 26 verses. So, in terms of Google, happiness is more important than joy and rejoicing by a ratio of 1 to 4.8. Should we round it up? 1 to 5. Ish. But in the Bible, it's the other way around. And it's not just a bit the other way around, it's radically the other way around. It's radically the other way around that it is joy and rejoicing versus happiness at a ratio of 15 to 1. So folks, the Christian faith is not about happiness, but it is about joy. In the ancient world, uh, emotions were in different parts of the body. And anger is thought to be about uh, this kind of burning breath from your nostrils. And, and joy is a matter of the heart. But it doesn't just stay there. It comes out in action. It comes out in dancing. I mean, with some people, not with me. In the Old Testament, it is associated, joy and rejoicing is associated with religious festivals, celebrating what God has done. Often it's, it's joy because of victory over enemies. In the New Testament, it's still associated with victory, but now it is the victory of salvation. In the Bible, our joy can be complete. It can be in us. And it's always about rejoicing, about doing joy again and again and again. Joy takes practice. Joy is something that you practice. Psalm uh, 30, verses 1 to 11 says this, you turn my wailing into dancing, you remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy. My heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. He is the one that takes those things that wear us down, that exhaust us from life, and he clothes us with joy. Those things don't get ignored or sidelined. We're not living in unreality. But even in the context of those things, he clothes us with the gift of his joy. I was wondering the other day as, as we were walking through another Christmas market, actually. I went to the, I'm, I'm all Christmas marketed out, I tell you. I've done them all. I did Exeter on Friday, and I did uh, uh, Bath on Saturday with Meg. Oh, it was glorious. We went round no stalls and uh, had some lunch and, and then went home. It was wonderful. <laughs> um, as, as I was walking back up through Bath thinking, I cannot remember the last time I was amongst so many people. Uh, the pandemic committee would be horrified. Um, we're all probably going to get very ill. It's going to be terrible. Um, I was thinking, we, we need a new word for Christmas. Because 
Because this is Christmas, but this, all this market stalls, mulled cider, fudge, this is not it. This, this is not Christmas. Christmas is not fine leather goods. Christmas is not even the very amazing conversation that I had with a guy in Exeter who takes lamps off old warships, cleans them up, and sells them for a fortune at a Christmas market. 120 pounds. I was tempted until he told me the price. I was sucked in. Anyway, oh no, we're not going there. Um, so I was thinking we need a new word for Christmas because this is not it. And so I looked it up. I thought it was a good idea. Here's the thing. Are you ready for this? This may come as a revelation for you. And I'm sorry if I'm letting the secret out of the bag, the cat out of the bag, the seat, whatever, how that works. Jesus, you ready? Jesus doesn't talk about Christmas. No, I know. I know. It's shocking, isn't it? Does he know how good this festival is? It's all about him and he doesn't even mention it. I tell you something else, it's not even mentioned in the Bible. Things that, you re- things that you realize at the age of 50. Christmas is not mentioned in the Bible. So I was like, when did all this, when did all this stuff start? Apart from... <sighs> Something weird's going on. We should sort that out. Um, here's the thing. The first sort of kind of vaguely Christmassy thing was uh, uh, 336 AD. That's like 330, no, whatever. How, lots of years after Jesus. 300 and a bit. And it, was, it wasn't called Christmas, it was called the Nativity, wait for it, the Nativity of our Lord. Of course it would be. It was back in the olden times, that's how you talked about stuff in the olden times. Uh, it was the Nativity of our Lord. And, and the thing was this, is that actually it wasn't just one festival. It was three festivals, all wrapped into one, put at a convenient date for some Roman person. And other people did it at other times because they didn't like that. Um, It was three festivals wrapped up into one. And the festivals were these. One was about Jesus' relationship with his father. About Jesus being the firstborn. That was festival one. Festival two was about Jesus being born. Coming from Mary. And festival three was celebrating his life in us. And what we've done is we've wrapped the whole lot up, poured mulled wine over it, and spent a thousand pounds and forgotten what it was all about originally. So I just want to unpack those three just a little bit. You see, If you hadn't already grasped this, it's all about Jesus. If if that's not coming across really clearly, let me say it. It's all about Jesus. 
because it's all through him and for him and he's done it all and he's the one that gives us access to the Father and pours out his Holy Spirit upon us. So everything, if you want anything, you've got to go through Jesus. And if, and, if you th and if you think that you can water the whole thing down by saying that he was a nice teacher or that he was just a good man, you better come on Alpha. It's starting on when? 17th, 17th of January on a Wednesday here, 7 o'clock. David's on it. <laughs> Did we say there's a postcard? Yeah, there's a postcard. You should come to that. So I think we need to refocus and, and make sure that we are celebrating Jesus, who is God, who has this relationship with the Father. He's not an, he's not an added extra. He's not an added extra. He's not uh, the firstborn thing is not like there was God the Father and he had a child. That's not how that works. It's a, it's, a, it's a whole different category of thing. It's, about, it's describing their relationship with one another because he was there with God at the beginning. And through him, everything that has been made was made. It's all for him and through him. But you see, he leads us to the Father. But some of us have got cranky relationships with our fathers or with our parents. And those relationships shape how we view God. Some people have had bad fathers, some people have had absent fathers, some people have had fathers who worked too hard. And what happens is we project our experience of our fathers or our parents onto God our Father. And we think that God is like the father that we had. Or maybe we just project on him the God that we'd like him to be, the Father that we'd like him to be, that basically gives us permission to do whatever we want with whoever we want, whenever we like. Some of us have had really difficult things happen. And the response when those difficult things happen is, of course, if you're hurt, you, you don't want to get hurt again. So what happens is, is we can pull back, we can withdraw, and we can say, well, well nothing is ever going to touch that place again. And we go into protection mode. And, and, it, and it's understandable, it makes sense, and we all do it to one degree or another. And when things are really difficult or traumatic, then we really shut down whole sections of our living, of our thinking. And it may be conscious or unconscious, but that comes at a cost. And the cost is this. You see, to experience joy, it happens in the same bit of the brain as you experience pain. So if you pull back and protect yourself because you've experienced this painful, traumatic thing, to protect yourself, which is totally understandable, then what happens is, is you numb yourself from the pain, but you also numb yourself from the opportunity of experiencing joy. 
You see, we can't selectively shut it down. We're not that tidy. We're not that neat. It would be great to be able to do that, wouldn't it? To be able to go, oh, I'm, I'm not going to think about that bit. <laughs> but I'm still going to live over here in joy. <laughs> Woo! It doesn't work like that. We shut one bit of our thinking down, our experience down. Morning. This is great, by the way. This is a beautiful thing. And each time, each time that happens, you should, you should be praising God because we've got young people in the church. Okay? So make sure that's your response. I'm just checking in with you in case anyone's just feeling frustrated by it. Okay? So check in. If your response is, get over it, stop it. Okay? Okay? Father God, thank you. Okay, I'll stop there. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no. No longer infants is the verse. There you go. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. So much to say. Um, where did we get to? Uh, here. The second bit about Christmas is, is celebrating what he has done. He's come in person. Luke chapter 2 says this. But the, but the angel said to them, this is the angel talking to the shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Our heart response to what Jesus has done by coming in person, being born of Mary, is a joy response. Oh, Father God, thank you for what you've done. The second, uh, the third one is this, his life in us. So I want to kind of uh, move in the direction of coming into land. I might have some more to say. We'll see how we go. Because um, I, I, I want us to pray. The, the last one is this, joy from his presence. You know, the, the message of Jesus is only a message un unless we actually receive him. We're supposed to receive him, the person of Jesus, who is God, who is present now by the power of his Holy Spirit. And, and my question to you would be, right now, today, are you living in the fullness of that? Are you living in the fullness of what he's got for you? Because he has got his, his kingdom life, his presence that he wants to birth in you again today. Three things. Celebrating who Jesus is. Celebrating his coming. That first Christmas that wasn't called Christmas. And celebrating what he's done. As we do that, our response, our response gets caught up in the response that the Father has. Do you remember the story about the joyful shepherd? The joyful shepherd is the one that goes searching for the lost sheep. And when he finds him, he wrestles the sheep. You know, he wrestles the sheep. The way that shepherds carry the sheep is they, they grab hold of the legs and swing them around the neck. They pin the sheep down. <laughs> Wrestles, 
But he, he carries him home with joy. He carries this sheep home with joy. Or one of the other parables about the pearl. And when the pearl has been found, then there's joy. Are you willing to be caught up in the Father's joy? You see, folks, as we approach Christmas, you, you have got some choices. And the choices are this. Let me put them uh, quite starkly, if I can. And I'm saying these to myself in case anyone was wondering. As you approach Christmas, you can come out the other side of it poorer, fatter, and hungover. Or richer, fuller, and clothed with joy. What do you want to do? Do you want to be poorer, fatter, and hungover? Or do you want to be richer, fuller, and clothed with joy? You see, we, we, we put out our Christmas stuff last night. I, do you know, in all the years, this is a little marital gripe here. I'm just sharing it publicly. In all the years of marriage, I don't think I can ever remember Megan going in the attic to get the Christmas boxes out. I'm just saying, you know, just saying. Anyway, I know I'm in trouble. I've been bad. I, I've got, I've got a, I had one job, didn't I? One job, go into the attic, get the stuff and don't talk about it. Anyway. Oh, I know, now, now it's gonna be poorer, fatter and hungover, exactly. Um, we got, the, we got the stuff out of the attic. Why, why, did we, why did we do that? Because it's dark outside and we want to fill our home with some light and some joy. You know, we've got, I've, I've got a string. We used, to, we used to live in a slightly different house and buy the most enormous Christmas tree that you could possibly imagine. And, and so the, the number of, the number of uh, things of lights around it was at least 400 twice on one tree and, and that didn't even look full now we have a slightly smaller like normal sized person's house and 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 a tree that's about this big so the lights go round the tree only only three times and then all across the bookshelves and i was like there's still more lights they've gone round the they've gone round the window the pictures and all the rest of it why we want to fill our house with light because it's dark outside My sun lamp has been on for about uh, at least a month now. Anyone else, anyone else who uses a sand lamp? Yeah, there's a few of us. It's okay. We're allowed to put our hands up in permission to use the sand lamps. Because I need the light. I need the light. Are we going to bring the light into the house? Or are we going to let the light into our hearts? I'm not saying you shouldn't bring the lights into the house, but let the lights into your heart as well. Are you going to give presents? Yes! Love presents. Or are you going to allow him to be present to you? Are you going to be shaped by the troubles of the world? Or are you going to allow yourself this Christmas to be clothed with joy?
Shall we stand? We're going to pray. And um, just so you can concentrate, just like stamp your feet if you need to. Remind yourself where your toes were. I'm going to pray and then I'll, then I'll hand over to Meg and, uh, and the band and with whatever else we're going to do next. Oh, thanks. Have you been wearing it? Oh, I can tell by your hair. <laughs> Let's pray, shall we, before I say anything else rude? <laughs> oh. oh, Father God. Holy Spirit, you are, you are here. We want to receive the fullness of what you've got for us. So come, Holy Spirit, come and move amongst us. We're going to talk about this a little bit in, uh, in January, but if there's pain, it needs to be named. And it might be that's one of the things that you need to do today is, is stop avoiding the things that are painful and difficult. And this might be the beginning of a start of a, of a long process of naming, naming the things that are difficult, that are painful, so that you can receive joy. Holy Spirit, come and rest upon us. Move amongst us, we pray.